Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 602, air date May 3rd, 2020. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. As many of you know, I'm an MIT PhD in biological engineering. I'm an inventor and a scientist, and I'm running for United States Senate in Massachusetts. Today, we're going to have an interesting discussion that I put forward out there, and it's really about what does it mean to be a human being and what does it mean to be a robot? And we're going to have two part session uh, tonight. The first session, we're going to talk about, you know, number one, why I'm running for Senate, how it integrates into this question. And I'm going to educate you on what is a system. So I'll wait for people to join. And for those of you out in Instagram world, uh, welcome. And those of you in Facebook and um, uh, Periscope and Twitter and YouTube, uh, welcome. And those of you, I know many of you are uh, coming from all over the world. If you're in other parts of the uh, world, Australia and, um, you know, India and Europe and Germany, et cetera, it's great to have you. Um, but this is a question uh, that I've been very, very interested in for a long part of my time. It's a, it's a very interesting question because it's also a deeply spiritual question. And I, I think uh, by going through this uh, analysis that we're going to go through today, I think everyone's going to hopefully learn a lot and walk away with some very, very probably other questions. And the reason I thought this was important uh, to do this is because we live in a world where there's so much information right now. Um, There's so many inputs coming into us. And what we'll discuss is that the deep state, those in power who want power, profit and control, want you to simply take an input and then give an output. And we're gonna talk about that. And once you have a basic understanding what a system is, and we're gonna talk about two kinds of systems, intelligent systems, and what I call dumb systems. So intelligent or dumb. You're gonna also get an idea of what it means. I'm gonna make this a little bit bigger so everyone can see this there. Um, So you're gonna get a really good understanding of, first of all, what's a system? What does intelligence mean? What does it mean to be intelligent being. The other questions that we'll talk about is, can a robot be human or are humans robots? And so we're going to have two parts. I'm going to educate you on what is a system. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, all of this, you know, I'm running for United States Senate. And this is not something simple for me because running for political office is very, very different than being a scientist or an inventor. I've been an activist most of my life and there's something that compels me to do that. So I'll talk about that. But as people are joining, really start wondering, really start asking yourself this question, what does it mean to be a robot or a human? We have a lot of discussion on AI, AI, AI. It's a field that I studied for many, many years, probably for around 20 or 30 years. And it really came from not just uh, from the mathematics of it or the science of it, but much more interesting. Um, Someone says, I'm tired. Yeah, you know, um, I work a lot. (laughs) Um, Some of you may know, um, you know, uh, I get about uh, five hours of sleep because that's sort of uh, what I was uh, almost uh, habituated to do since I was a kid. I used to go to bed at around 2 a.m. Uh, I used to uh, play sports until about 8 p.m. This was when I was a, a teenager. And then from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. I used to do my homework. I was a very good student. And then I used to go to bed at 2 and wake up at 7. So my body clock is set whenever I go to sleep, I need essentially uh, five hours. Yesterday, we did a marathon. I think we started at around um, 
I think 7 p.m. and we went all the way until 2 or 3 a.m. We did multiple sessions. So I'm very committed to educating people. But um, uh, but getting back, we really want to ask this question, what does it mean to be a robot or a human? And um, before I go to that, what I want to do is because many of you obviously are interested in our Senate campaign and people keep asking about it. So I want to give you an update on what we're doing there. Um, if people have the chance, you should go to our website called Shiva numeral four senate.com. Hi to everyone from Canada um, and from Massachusetts here. But if you go to Shiva for senate.com, which I'm going to go to right now, right when you go there, you will see that the front page has a pop-up. It says, I stand for truth, freedom, and health. I pledge now to vote for Shiva. Our campaign, as many of you know, is founded on these three pillars and the campaign has gone beyond Massachusetts. But our, the campaign is really about freedom, is, is the basis of getting to truth. Truth is the basis of getting to health and health is what gets us back to freedom. And so what do I mean by that? Freedom means the ability to discuss, debate, talk, have conversations. And out of that conversation and, and the ability to have open conversation is the opportunity to practice what we call the scientific method. The scientific method is we look at something not like a dumb a being where we just look at something and we come back with an output, but we look at something with the goal, as you're going to hear, about understanding something, about asking a question, a sincere question. Why does the apple fall from the tree? Why does, you know, how does the speed of light affect our observations? What Einstein asked. And that, those questions and those fundamental questions give us an understanding um, through the process of the scientific method where we do experiments, we actually look at the data. And based on the data, then we make uh, and we look at the value of that data and where that data is coming from. If you have people simply putting out posts up there, putting out information, broadcasting you with a commercial, and you simply believe it because a celebrity said it or because someone um, you uh, believe said it and you don't process it with the goal of finding truth, it's very, very easy to get manipulated in the world and the deep state wants you to be manipulated. So when we talk about freedom, it's about the freedom to have discourse. And from that discourse, practice a scientific method and you get to truth. Now the alternative, the way you get to fiction is you don't practice a scientific method. You practice something called um, scientific consensus. So if everyone says, oh yeah, that person is a witch, then you go kill them, right? And that's happened in history. That person is a witch, that person is a witch. You know, let's throw them in the lake and see if they float or not, okay? Um, and this is a very, very interesting phenomenon. And in fact, sometimes the most quote-unquote intelligent people get caught in it. Oh, I saw this here, this must be true. And they don't go do the analysis. And the reason that you'll see is most people don't have the, a goal because intelligence requires a goal. So our goal here is truth, freedom, and health. And if you don't have a goal of where you want to go, it's very easy to simply take an input and put out an output as we're going to realize. So, but anyway, Shiva for Senate, everyone should go visit there because this campaign is some ways uh, exposing the center of the deep state. As we've talked about, Massachusetts is absolutely the center of the deep state. When I came here in um, 1981 as a student, I didn't even know about for that matter, Massachusetts a lot, or Boston, or its significance. I mean, I knew the Revolutionary War took place, all that. 
Um, but it was two weeks before um, I was finishing up college applications. I'd applied, I think, two colleges. I really wanted to do a lot of design work and I wanted to, believe it or not, do carpentry. I love art and design. But two weeks before I applied, someone came to our home, uh, a person uh, who was a friend of two women my mom was helping who had been kicked out of their homes. They were, she gave them one of our rooms to stay in. And one of those uh, people who came said, I should apply to MIT. I didn't even know what MIT was. I was the top student and no one, interesting enough in my high school, had advised me about this uh, school. And it was called the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. I looked at the application this guy presented me. I thought it was a mental institute. It was too big for me. It didn't make any sense. Anyway, he wouldn't leave my home until I applied. I applied, I got in. And I remember coming to MIT to visit in uh, early part of 81. And I thought the place was crazy. People looked very unhealthy. People looked uh, not connected to their bodies. So I didn't want to come. Eventually, my physics teacher said, Shiva, you should go because you will find that Boston is the Athens of the world. And what does she mean by that? Athens, if you know, was a center of learning where people came from all over the world and it was a time of enlightenment and the renaissance, you know, a, a renaissance of that time. So that was the main reason I came. But what I have discovered since 1981 to today is um, Massachusetts, or for that matter, the epicenter between MIT and Harvard, where all the elites come from, from the global elites, uh, it's become the center of the deep state. And my running for United States Senate in Massachusetts from a kid who came from nothing, a working class kid, learned all this stuff, is really about recognizing that we have an opportunity to return uh, to a point, to head, head, head into a point of enlightenment, which is a golden age, or to the, go to the dark age. And what I will share with you tonight is that if all of you can understand the purpose of why I'm running for Senate, and two, what is a system, and, and the fundamentals of how systems operate, we can, those of you listening can have a huge opportunity to expand your sense of what it means to be a human being. And that's what our campaign's about. But if people go to shivaforsenate.com to some very basic sort of homework assignments, if you go there, there's a pledge form called I Pledge to Vote for Shiva. We have about a hundred, less than 120 days until what we call the primary election. We want people to go there now. So if you are anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, and you know people in Massachusetts, only Massachusetts residents can vote, tell them to go to Shiva for Senate. And if they click on this form, it'll literally take them to a page where they can sign up to vote for Shiva. So it says, yes, I stand for truth. They give their party affiliation. I am running as a, um, a candidate under the Republican party. I do not care for either party. Last time when I ran, they kept me off the ballot. Again, this is what the deep state does. They don't want outsiders. They don't want human beings, they want robots. Um, so that's so people can go here and uh, basically pledge to vote for me now. And there's first name, last name, et cetera. If they are not in the Republican party, basically in Massachusetts, you can be a Republican or an independent to vote in the primary for the Republican. If you are a Democrat, which you go here, we're encouraging people to switch their party enrollment to unenrolled, which means a Democrat, I mean, an independent. So if you're an, and then you can vote for me in the primary. But anyway, that's one of the first things everyone should do. And then if we go to the home page, um, which will be the core of what we're going to talk about today, is that our campaign is really about truth, freedom, and health, as I mentioned. Without truth, as I've shared over and over again, you can't get to freedom. And without freedom, we can't get to health.
I mean, without truth, you can't get to health. So with freedom, we get to truth. With truth, we get to health. And with health, we can strengthen um, our ability to fight for freedom. But one of the most important things is that we've done here is I want to educate everyone on how to understand how the body is a system and the fundamental principles of systems. So if you go support the campaign, um, there's a book called System and Revolution, which is right here, which will educate you. I'm going to give you a little bit of preview today on the foundations of all systems. And then this tool, Your Body, Your System, will teach you in a very profound way how your body is a system. It's almost like a laboratory. And with that tool, you can literally answer a set of questions and understand what kind of system you are. And what we're going to learn shortly is that's your goal. Your body has a natural intelligence. It's called homeostasis, where it likes to be. That's really this red dot. The point is, each one of us has a very different red dot, okay? And then you can see here, through another set of questions, you can figure out how you have been disturbed by, let's say, wrong foods or wrong actions, and how your body is in a state of disturbance, and how through another set of in, uh, inputs, which is food, exercises, you can bring your body back to itself. It's not really balanced, but it's bringing it back to you. So I hope that helps. But um, everyone, please, you know, take advantage of this uh, opportunity to educate yourself. And by the way, we charge 25, but if you can't afford it, give whatever you can. And if you need a scholarship, please write to me um, uh, at vashiva at vashiva.com and we'll try to support you. Or you can go to uh, write to the Shiva for Senate contact page, which is right here and where it says, um, you know, there's a contact page over here. And if you go here, you can literally um, uh, fill out the contact form, which is contact the campaign. And right here, you can say, I want to volunteer, et cetera. And then you can tell us what your needs are right here. Okay. So that's just some uh, important items that I want to share with you that I am running for United States Senate. And the basis of our entire Senate campaign is to educate you and move us to this process of truth, freedom, and health. Um, if you go down uh, to the part of the campaign, there's other stuff about policies, et cetera. And one of the important things is we have this manifesto called Truth, Freedom, and Health, and it has all the things that I stand for that are up there. Okay? So I hope that's been valuable uh, background. So let's just jump in right now. Uh, this is part one about are, we, are you a robot or are you a human being? So I'm just going to go um, right to... Uh, sharing with you what is a system, okay? So, um, so again, the title of the talk is Are You a Robot or Are You a Human? And the question is, the deep state, uh, in my view, wants you to be a robot. And you're going to understand what that means. But we have to have a basic understanding of what is a system before we can go there. So first of all, what is a system? A system is, this is sort of comes out of the Oxford English Dictionary, is really a set of things working together as a part of the mechanism or an interconnecting network, a complex whole. So your body is a system. You know, a computer is a system. In fact, everything in and around you is a system um, because it's an interconnection of multiple parts. So it's not only, it's not any one of those parts, but it's an interconnection of those parts. And based on how things are connected, the system emerges. So if I gave you 10 parts, every one of you listening, different people may connect it in different ways. One person may connect it in a particular way, and another person may connect it in a very different way. So 
It's a fundamental definition, which is a set of things working together as a parts of a mechanism or interconnecting whole. Okay. So here is an example. Those of you on Instagram, if you go um, to, if you can go here, um, uh, is that uh, you can actually go here and you can actually see um, right here. This is essentially what a part is. Okay. So take time to go there onto the website. But what you'll see here is these are uh, different kinds of parts. So the a watch, we're looking at the back of a watch. A, a watch is something that emerges from the interconnection of these parts. A space shuttle engine, if you look at a space shuttle engine, it has about a million different parts there. And when you connect those parts in the right way, you create a rocket engine so it can take off. If one part is out of place, it's not connected properly, the thing doesn't work. So in engineering, you really start appreciating uh, how to connect the parts. And when you build software, one wrong thing in the wrong place gives you what's called a bug. The other thing is, here's another example, city. So we looked, we looked at a, a back of a watch, a space shuttle engine, and then here you have what's called a city. If you look from the top of the sky, the city is also an interconnected system of parts. And then you have a cell. A cell is, you know, we have about six trillion cells in the body. Each of those components of the cell are connected and within every component is also a system. So you have a system of systems within there. Um, the healthcare system. I mean, this is a diagram of the healthcare system from the doctors to the, the laboratories to how you're received in the hospital, for example, all those things interconnected defines a healthcare system. This is a subway system, another type of system. A robot, you know, for example, this picture here, here is another type of system. So when you look across all these kinds of things, they're all different kinds of systems, which are an interconnected system of parts. So the question is, do all systems, what do all systems have in common? That's the fundamental question. So if you think about all these different kinds of systems, are there something that they have in common? So what do you guys think? Do all systems have something in common? That's the question. So, um, because if we can understand the commonality of all those systems, we don't have to go uh, learn each system separately. So what are the commonalities of all those kinds of systems? So let's look at that. So if you go to that, um, we say, first of all, uh, what I'm gonna share with you is stuff that comes out of what's called general systems theory and control systems theory. But it's basically, imagine you'd have to go probably about four years to get this. I'm gonna congeal it in the next around 10, 15 minutes before we go into the next session. So all systems have five elements. First of all, a system has an input. The second thing is system as an output. Sounds very simple. It's gonna get a little more interesting, but if you can understand this, it's quite profound. The systems have an input and an output. And one of the features of a system is transport, which means transport, you send something in, but it's a phenomenon of transporting information, matter, or energy. Transport of things, information, matter, and energy. Um, this is an example of transport, something moving through the air. This is an example of transport, the transport of um, information at the cellular level. One of the things is people have asked about, for example, how do electromagnetic waves affect things? Well, they're a different kind of input which can perturb certain of these waves that are going on within you. The other piece of a system is conversion. An input comes in, it's transported, your body converts it to give an output. So for example, solar cell takes in the sun's light and then it converts it into energy.
electrical energy, a diesel generator. You know, in my building, we have a diesel generator. It takes fuel and it converts it into a mechanical uh, rotation, which powers, you know, runs a generator. Finally, you have storage or structure. Systems are encased in something. This is quite interesting. So you have the input and the output, the transport of information, matter, or energy, conversion of one information form to a, another or matter. You eat an apple, you know, your body, it, your, your gut converts that to nutrients. But all of this cannot occur without what we call storage. It's encased in something. It's within something. So that's the storage aspect. So for example, you're making a big bowl of oatmeal at home. The pot is the thing that stores it. A battery stores energy. Um, so those are the basics, okay? Very, very simple. You have an input and an output. Movement of information, matter, and energy, conversion, and storage. By the way, if you go to um, your body, your system, and you get the book, System and Revolution, I discuss this in more detail, but these are the fundamentals. Um, now, so if you think about it, all systems, this is another way of looking at having input, transport, the outer is the storage, and then the conversion. So what is a dumb system? Okay, I, it's called an open or a dumb system. So now we're gonna really define, in some ways, what is intelligence? So what I'm gonna share with you is there's two kinds of systems, an open or a dumb system, something that just gets information, watches an ad on TV or watches something and then puts something out, watches someone put up some piece of information and frankly just repeats it like a parrot, doesn't think. Now the deep state wants you to be what's called a dumb system, input, output, input, output, input, output, okay? So, uh, and I think if this is understood, you can appreciate how one can be manipulated. So in a simple system, input comes in, you get an output. So what's an example of a simple system is a light switch. Everyone turns on your light switch at home, you turn it on, and then what that does, that action transports electrical energy through the wires into the light bulb, and that light bulb converts that electrical energy to heat in terms of the filaments, and then you get light, and it stores the heat in there, which is a storage piece, which is an encasing. So input, output, that's a light switch. Another example is a water faucet. You go turn it a certain number of degrees, water is stored there in the pipes, but when you turn it just right, water is transported. So the valve in that turning converts the stored water and you get flow, okay? Again, these are gonna be very simple things, but they may seem really sort of very, very simple, but if we can understand this, it becomes quite profound. Someone watching TV, okay? Someone reading stuff on the internet and then immediately says, oh, this must be true. And this is what the establishment wants because they wanna hit you with an input. They can hit you with uh, truth or lies, but the goal is they hit you with an input to manipulate you. In fact, in the book, Future of Email, I talk about this, there's two things that the establishment can do. They can use, they can gather data about you. Wow, this person is pretty, quote unquote, stupid. They can be manipulated. This person is intelligent, or this person um, you know, lives in this neighborhood, or this person lives here. And based on that, they can hit you with an input, which is what advertisers do, or manipulators, or celebrities. And then the goal is to manipulate you to a particular output. So that is what I call a dumb system. Dumb systems are this. They wait for an input and they react with an output, okay? 
There are dogs here sleeping and dreaming. Okay. Um, is that is that clear? All right. So input and an output. All right. Then the next thing we want to talk about is what is an intelligent system? So I want everyone to listen carefully. What is intelligence? So if we can understand the difference between an intelligent system and a dumb system, you're going to get in the next few minutes here, tremendous amount of knowledge to really um, decide if you even want to enter an argument with somebody, you see, because what you'll find is there are three types of people in the world. And this is uh, something that was done by the work of Price Pritchett, a great organizational theorist. One group of people are resistors. You're never going to change them. They're sort of dumb systems. They've already made up their mind. They, they do not want to be open to anything. The next set of people are people who are constantly questioning the world. They have a goal, which could be truth, freedom, or health, or they have a goal, which is truth or freedom. And based on that goal, they want to bring in inputs and understand and process. That's called an intelligent system. And then we've talked, so you have on the one hand, the establishment, which wants to create a bunch of dumb people. You have other people want to be awakened and enlightened to understand what the truth is. And then you have what I've talked about, the not so obvious establishment. And these people are the celebrities of the Kennedys, these people like this, who are set up by the establishment to give you an input and they deliver it because they said it or a celebrity said it, you as a dumb system accept it and you react, which we've just seen take place. But if you understand the dynamics of this, you can figure out you know, the path to truth, freedom and health. So let's go back to this. So, so if you think about it, here is the dumb system, okay? This is the dumb system, gets an input and gives an output. What does intelligence mean? Now to be an intelligent system, there are four other elements that an intelligent system has. A dumb system simply has an input, transport, conversion, storage. It takes in something, moves it through itself, converts it, and you get an output. But, and that's the dumb system. But an intelligent system, this is probably the most profound thing that I've realized has a goal. Okay, an intelligent system has a goal. So think about that. Do you have a goal in your life? That could be a simple thing. I want to lose weight. I want to make this much money. I want to get back to work. You know, I want to exercise, whatever, or, or exercise is an activity more like I want to achieve this thing. A goal is something that's quite measurable. That have we gotten truth, freedom, and health? Do we, do we have more laws restricting us? Do we have people just blindly following people? Do we have a scientific system where that we actually get access to knowledge or is it pushed top down? Do we actually have health? Well, in the United States, it's a measurable thing. We have the highest infant mortality rate and the lowest longevity rate. And all of the videos, by the way, on truthfreedomhealth.com, which many of you have enjoyed, you can go see that. So my part here as an educator is to teach you what is the goal that we have? If you do not have a goal, you're basically open to becoming a dumb system. What is the goal? That's what we need to watch. What is the goal? The celebrity Hollywood, the deep state culture of Massachusetts, which by the way, getting back to the election, the Kennedys think they own the Senate seat. They believe, and they do a lot of branding to make sure that you just follow them. Whatever they say must be the truth. And so we have a lot of lemmings out there who simply say, oh, I heard this must be true. I heard this must be true. Now, because they have no goal, <laughs> their goal is to be a follower. Uh, in my view, we don't need followers, we need leaders. And to be a leader is when you start thinking. So getting back to this, 
The most important thing is an intelligent system has a goal. What is the goal? Okay. In our case, the broader goal that we've established for the campaign is truth, freedom, and health. Truth, freedom, and health, which are measurable goals. The other goal could be a goal that you want something in life, but you have to have a goal because that goal will determine are you headed to it or not. So that's number one. The second aspect of a system is a sensor. Now listen very carefully. A sensor is something that takes the actual output where you're actually at. So you're saying, okay, take this simple case of your, I don't know, 200 pounds, you wanna get down to 180, okay? The goal is to get to 180 pounds. The sensor is the scale that you weigh yourself on. You go, wow, I'm 200 pounds. So, I'm, so that means you have a difference of 20 pounds. But the sensor is extremely important. Where are you actually at? And this is something that's extremely important because if your sensor is flawed, you're not gonna get the right answer, the right data. So if you're not getting the right data, so for example, the sensor could be someone who's feeding you the data that may be a person who has their own intention. They don't have the intention for truth, freedom, and health, so they manipulate that data. So you have to look at the, what is that sensor? Um, is the sensor itself calibrated properly? Is it, is it, can you trust that sensor? You ever stand on a weight scale, sometimes someone said it wrong in the gym or something, and you go, oh my God, I've, I've gained five pounds, and it was basically someone said it wrong. So calibrating the sensor is extremely important. Again, these are very, very simple concepts. It took me years to really start appreciating the value of what, what we call a control systems theory. And this is a whole field of science that is one of my areas of expertise um, for, uh, on the mechanical engineering side. But number two is the sensor. Number three that you wanna think about is, um, now you have the actual, you wanna go here, right? And, and the reality is that you're actually headed over here. So now you can measure the difference between your goal and where you're going, and then you can figure out what you should do. And that's called a controller. So the controller in a system literally takes the goal and the actual position where you are. It says, I want to get to 180 pounds. I'm at um, 200. So that means there's a 20 pound difference. And based on that, the controller is your brain. It makes decisions, okay? To achieve that goal, knowing where you're off. Now your body, when I talk about your body, your system, the red dot, that's where your body wants to be. That's called where your homeostasis is or your natural state. When you're disturbed from that, the goal is you need to figure out what to give the right inputs to get there. So the mind and the controller or intuition is the input back into your system, okay? So this is again, quite profound stuff here. So based on the controller's decision, you put in a new input. That input will determine new output, but you are making that decision. It's not an advertiser, it's not some celebrity, it's not some foolish person who has an intention to let's say um, attack you, right? Or uh, malign you with a political interest, but you make that decision. And the end result of that is a new output. So you say, wow, I'm, I wanna be 200 pounds, I'm at 180, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I wanna get to 180, but I'm at 200 pounds. Um, so the input I'm gonna do is various inputs. I'm gonna maybe reduce the amount of calories I do. I'm gonna maybe increase exercise. And out of that, you get a new output. Maybe now you go down to um, 190 pounds. You go, wow, I'm heading the right direction. And then you keep doing that. Now, 
the fourth element of an intelligence system, every intelligence system has to face is what you see here called a disturbance, okay? Disturbances are quite interesting. They're the things that come in your way of achieving the goal, okay? So what that means is you wanna head somewhere and you're working away, you know, okay, this is, I'm at 200 pounds, uh, I wanna get down to 180, your sensor's properly calibrated, you're making the right decisions, you're putting the right inputs, but then you have a disturbance. The disturbance could be friends who say, hey, you don't need to do that. Let's party all night here. Let's go to McDonald's. Let's go to Burger King, whatever that is, right? Whatever those disturbances are. In the midst of those disturbances, how does the controller react to make select the right inputs? This is one thing that's quite profound, that all systems, intelligent systems have a goal. They have a sensor. They're making decisions, but they're also being hit by different disturbances. Does that make sense? Um, okay, so that's what intelligent systems are. They take input, they analyze it, and they give an output, all right? So that's what we have. So um, let's now look at many systems that people have in their home, okay? Most of you listening, unless you live um, in, in a cabin or you're camping, if you live in a home, most of us have something called the thermostat. Um, some um, very stupid, dumb person wrote, your, your email sifting system is evil. Well, you should probably not use any technology then. You should probably not even use a thermostat because intelligent systems are what we're surrounded by. The modern basis of human civilization is in these intelligent systems. For example, a, a thermostat, okay? What is a thermostat? If you think about a thermostat, it's an intelligent system. One could argue sometimes a thermostat has more intelligence than a dumb system. Okay, so let's look at a thermostat. Why do I call it an intelligent system? Well, you set a goal for that system and that goal is where you wanna achieve. Let's say you wanna to get to 78 degrees. So there you are, if you're listening to this talk, you're sitting in your living room or you're sitting in some room and that room is the, you know, is the system in the downstairs would be, let's say, your hot water heater, which is storing some amount of heat storage. And there is a room temperature and there's your goal, okay? So the goal is 78 degrees. You know, let's say the current temperature of the room through your sensor is 70 degrees, okay? Based on that differential, so you know you wanna be at 78 degrees, your thermostat knows it has a sensor in it called the thermostat, which is at 70. The difference between the 70 and the 70 is an eight degree difference. So based on that, the controller will send a signal, which is a valve typically in your basement and say, let me get more hot water. The hot water comes in, it goes into your room and you notice right here, the temperature right above the thermostat has gone to 80 degrees, right? So a decision was made to send in a different input. And as a result of that, your temperature now goes up. Now you notice it's gone up too high to 80 degrees. At this point, it's too high and watch what happens, a controller will stop sending hot water. And then the next round, it goes down to 77. If you notice in your home, your thermostat is, your furnace may be turning on or off. And then finally, you'll say, well, I need a little more hot water. I'm not exactly at 78. And then finally, you hit 78 degrees. I hope that's clear. So what's happened is the system is understanding the goal. It's making decisions to get to that goal, okay? And then when it gets to that goal, it, it has achieved that now. And then you're at 78 and so on. Now, all of this could occur in the middle of a disturbance. Have you ever, sometimes people have a thermostat 
and they open up a window. And then you're in one part of the room, the thermostat's near the window. And because the thermostat is measuring the temperature near that window, which could be much colder, people at the other side of the room are getting hotter and hotter and hotter because the thermostat is misreading the temperature. So this is something that's important. If you have disturbances in your life or disturbance in this in an intelligent system, if it doesn't know how to take care of it, which means, whoa, maybe I should put the thermostat over there near that window, I should move it to a place where it would not suffer that disturbance, okay? Same thing if you're trying to lose weight and you're around people who are partying all day or not disciplined, you're never gonna achieve your goals. So this is the fundamentals of an intelligent system. And I just gave you an example. Now, one of the most profound things, it's gonna be a very simple graph that you'll see is intelligence is something that's dedicated to keeping you back to your goal. That's what intelligence is. You have a goal and you're making these adjustments, adjustments over time to achieve that goal. So that's what intelligence is. Intelligence is you have a goal and you're committed to that goal and you're making adjustments to get to that goal. That's the definition of intelligence, but it begins with a goal. Now, in order to do this, it's important as we talked about here, let me go back to this. Um, by the way, this is, if you go back to this, it's very important that the sensor, that you know how to manage disturbances are accurate. Because if you don't have the right set of sensors, if you're watching CNN or Fox News or listening to some uh, celebrity who may have good intentions, but they have, you're just listening to them because they have a particular uh, gravitas, then that's called brainwashing, okay? So, but the key thing that I wanted to share here is, what you notice is you have a goal, which is a green line, and you're never exactly on your goal. So sometimes people beat themselves up. Oh, I went out and I exercised, I didn't lose 20 pounds overnight. Or I did this and I didn't graduate from that program. This is where commitment comes in. So the real sense of intelligence is you're committing to the goal and you're willing to make those adjustments over time. So uh, a simple way of looking at this, and you'll get to appreciate this graph, which is what I tweeted out, is that this is the foundations of what I call a dumb system. Input comes in, it transports, it converts, stores, and it gives an output. So, so think about someone sees an ad or some something on social media. They take it in, they transport it through their brain, the brain converts it and stores that information, and then you get an output. And this is quite important to understand. The establishment, again, I repeat, wants you to be a dumb system. And people in the highest parts of the CIA disinformation know this. They wanna make you a very, very dumb system. They want you to take an input and put out an output. So the real question comes in, do you wanna be a dumb system or do you wanna be a smart system? That's what it comes down to. Do you wanna be a dumb system or do you wanna be a smart system? Intelligent systems, again, have a goal. So the, the other diagram is this. Um, you have a goal, you have sensors, you have a controller, which is your mind. It makes decisions in the midst of disturbances. So this is a dumb system and this is an intelligent system. So if you're dealing with arguments with people, um, some people are, you can't really argue with them because um, they already have a particular uh, they don't, they're not, they don't have a goal. They're willing to just take an input and put out an output, take an input, put out an output. 
So that's one of the most important things that you want to take away. Now, in closing, what I want to say is, let me, um, uh, I think, let me go back here. So one of the things is, in fact, uh, one of the main things to recognize is that the intelligence systems around you, in and all around you, are dedicated to finding truth. In our case, truth, freedom, and health. The dumb systems are just sitting there waiting to take an input and give out an output. Um, as I've shared before, one of the reasons that I, uh, after I finished my PhD, I went back to India because I wanted to interconnect Eastern and Western systems. So this is what I learned, you know, in the MIT world, right, of biological engineering. This is their view of the world. So in the world of um, systems biology or biological engineering, you understand genes and proteins, etc. But in the world of Indian systems of medicine, it's very different. You have Purusha and Prakriti, if you study Ayurveda, or if you study Chinese medicine, which I've been fortunate to be able to also study, those systems are very different. They use a very different language set. And the goal was, could you connect these two worlds? Could you integrate the, our understanding of biological systems from the West with Eastern systems? And that resulted in me, and this is back in 2007, um, I won a Fulbright scholarship to go back to India. And the goal was, could my goal was, and, and MIT was sort of didn't understand why after all my degrees, after creating all these companies, why would I want to take two years off and not do anything and go and actually understand systems of Indian medicine? And my intention was, could you uh, really uh, understand how was it my grandmother was able to look at someone and heal them? Because clearly there's something going on in these traditional systems of medicine. So that resulted in me realizing that in fact, the Indian system of medicine was not a system of medicine. It was actually a system to understand the body as a dumb system or as a intelligent system. So many of you may have heard the words like karma and kar karma, or some of you, if you've studied Indian system, may have heard the words vata, pitta, kapha. Turns out karma, if you really look at the definition, it means action, input. What action are you willing to take? There's another world word that many people may not have heard called karma fall. Fall, P-H-A-L, in Sanskrit means fruit. It's the fruit of your action. So you have karma and karma fall. So the profound discovery I made was the entire system of Indian medicine matched one-to-one -one with control systems theory. So you have karma and you have karma fall, the input and the output, the input and the output, okay? Vatha is a term that they use in India to characterize um, transport, the movement of things in your body. Pitta is a conversion aspect and kapha is a storage. So, and similarly, if you study yoga, your yogi or your teacher will give you or you'll work with them to define what your mission in life is. And that is called your sankalpa. And then here you have vikaras or the things that get in the way of you achieving your goal, the disturbances. Indriyas were known as your senses. So the indriyas were your different senses, your sense of touch, taste, smell, etc. And manas were really your mind. So when you look at this, what turns out is that the uh, Indian systems of medicine, or for that matter, even other traditional systems of medicine, they use different words, were really engineering control systems. They had a sense of your, uh, uh, they had a sense of your input and your sense of your output. They had the sense of transport, conversion, storage, the goal, the controller. So this is what 
I think is probably one of the profound things that I've discovered is that traditional systems of medicine were really looking at your body as a system and they had the same language, okay? So I want to really emphasize that, that we're really thinking, re realizing is I've shared with you something that took me many, many years to realize that if you can really understand these concepts that I've shared with you, you'll realize that you can really start distinguishing, which we're going to get to in the next session. I'm going to take, I'm going to eat dinner and I'm going to go over something that I did uh, uh, that people say, many of my friends have said, this is probably the best lecture you ever gave. And it's really going to talk about what it means to be a human being. But I wanted to give you this background. With this background, you'll appreciate the next part two that we're going to go into. But this is what you see. And by the way, I wrote this up in a paper called the Control Systems Engineering Foundation. And this paper um, is the basis of understanding what is a system, what makes you different, meaning an intelligent system and a dumb system. And that's why if people remember my entire goal of this campaign, um, as I've shared with you uh, over and over and over again, is to teach people what is a system, what are the fu fundamentals of intelligence, and how do we actually achieve truth, freedom, and health? Because without that, a lot of this really doesn't matter, okay? So if people, again, go to shivaforsenate.com, you'll see right on that page that what we've done is give everyone the opportunity uh, um, if they support the campaign, whatever they can, to really take advantage of system and revolution and learn these t tools, which is your body, your system. So now going back to this, um, my position is that your body also has a, as a particular goal. It knows where it wants to be right here. That's why we call this be happy, be you. But the goal is most of us have forgotten what our goal is. We don't even know where our body center point is. And the goal is by going through this process, you understand what the goal is for your body. And what's cool about the body is actually knows where it wants to be. And if we distract it, it doesn't by a disturbance, which takes us in this case to this black dot. And with the right inputs, we can come back home to ourselves. So that is sort of the fundamentals here. And so again, anyone who's outside of the country, you can go to yourbodyyoursystem.com and take advantage of what we have there, the tools, the book. Anyone uh, in the United States, go to shivaforsenate.com, support the campaign and learn this knowledge. I'm gonna take, so I'm gonna, um, it's uh, 10.50. I'm gonna take about a uh, 10, 15 minute break, eat some dinner, and then I'm gonna come back and then I'm gonna go through the really much more detailed discussion. You can just sort of sit back and lie and listen to this because I'm going to play you this great podcast that I did. Um, but many people said, Shiva, everyone needs to listen to this. It's probably one of your, probably the best podcasts in the world, people have said. So, and it really goes to this question is, what does it mean to be a human being or a robot? And we're at a time in human history right now where, I mean, I saw it here, you know, people have loved my videos and you have some input coming in and a lot of foolish people can get distracted. And that is what I'm talking about. We live in a world where you can send an input in and if people are not aware of what the goal is, it's easy to manipulate people left and right. And the deep state establishment knows this. Though the big pharma companies know this. They know that they wanna keep you sick and sick and sick. So they hit you with input, 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 bad food, output, sick, input, output, sick. And they are controlling the goal. They're the controller of your body. And it's not about you controlling yourself. So I hope that's helped. And I'm going to take a break. Let's see. Any questions? 
All right. Yes, someone said social engineering. Exactly. If people are not aware of this process, it's very, very easy to social engineer people. This is probably one of the most important things that people need to understand. If you don't have a goal for yourself and you let others have a goal for you, they are going to be driving the input and the output. Okay. Someone said, yes, I'll be loading it up. Yep. People are watching from India. Yeah. Yep. So um, let someone says, go eat people. Uh, people need to go reflect on what you just told them. Yeah. I can't tell you that what I've just shared with you, it may seem really simple, but if you can really reflect on this, it is going to lead to your own liberation. It is going to lead to your profound understanding of what it means to be a human being. Anyway, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure, um, MIT PhD. I'm running for US Senate. Everyone wants me to give that background if you've joined us. But go listen to this video again. This is part one of what I shared. Does it mean, uh, what does it mean to be a human being or a robot? And in the next discussion coming up, which is a long one, um, I think you're really going to start appreciating where we are living in now and what does artificial intelligence mean? What is it? Could a robot be a human being? And could a human being be a robot? What does it mean to be human? That's what we're going to be talking about. Anyway, thank you, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Idri. I'll be back. Um, it'll be late, but I think um, it's an important discussion to have and we can watch it again. Thank you. I'll be back in about 15 to 20 minutes. Be well.